Hello, welcome to Kaiba Health and Life. I'm your host, Kristen Wolisanovich. So excited to be in the Kaiba Health and Life studios with my guest co-host, Benjamin Sage. Hello. You know, uh, so excited. We love women, but we love when we have a handsome man in the Kaiba Health and Life studio. So <laughs> wow, thanks. thank you. And now, obviously, we position you very strategically, the rose between two thorns. I'm what? Just... That is insane. No, I am the thorn between two roses here. <laughs> so it's my honor and privilege to introduce to your right, Benjamin, my dear sweet friend for many years, Therese Berlinski. You're here to talk about a very important topic that is so important, especially now in today's society, especially now for our children. You are owner and founder of Presence to Pupils. It's a mindful organization, but you also wear many hats. What's another hat that you wear? Another hat, Kristen, is that I'm a co-founder of the Michigan Collaborative for Mindfulness and Education. And mm -hmm. in that role, that's been a, the biggest part of where I bring mindfulness to the schools. To a critical mass. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, and you'll jump in, you'll jump in because I know you will. But I'm going to start off um, with talking to our viewers and listeners exactly what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is moment by moment awareness. And it's really about being present in the moment and noticing whether it's good or bad, so to speak, but it goes to different levels. So the, that other level that's really important and, and really critical mm -hmm. is letting go of judgment. Yeah. So choose, can you tell me what it's not? Because when I hear mindfulness, <laughs> I'm thinking someone that plans really well and has their whole life planned out, and that's just not me. Right, well, actually mindfulness is being in the moment, but it's also having an awareness of of perspective, Benjamin. So for example, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier before we began today about some health challenges that I've been having, an elimination diet that I'm on. And I was feeling really low today. And then I reminded myself of just how I can change my perspective mm -hmm. and literally brought all this energy into my body with my mind. You went to like that deep cellular level mm -hmm. and kind of manifested it. Right. Correct. Right. So how long, you know, we talk about here with Kaiba Health and Life, like we we take a hybrid of Christianity and we bring in the spiritual side and we bring in obviously health, nutrition, wellness, prevention, and mindfulness has been become a core value of what we talk about. But it's really kind of, it's always been around, but it's sort of, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's a relatively new way of life. Yes, absolutely. And what happened is in the late 70s, John Kabat-Zinn basically put a spin on it. And he started integrating science into mindfulness. And so it was a way for the Western world to accept it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's part of it. But it's gotten to the point now, from my perspective, and many other people as well, that it's a part of evolution. And so one of the things I love to show people is the hand model of the brain that Dr. Dan Siegel coined. Mm -hmm. And when we see and realize how our reactivity to things in life can basically cause the very problems that enslave us and how we have control over that, how we actually have power over our own destiny, we no longer have to do that. And so one of my missions in life is to educate people on all levels, from children through adults, on how they can 
access. Rewire. Yeah, rewire and access that power within. You have the power within you to really manifest your path in life. Absolutely. Okay, hold on, hold on. I know. Listen. Therese, I, I am, I'm still lost. All right, so we're going to have okay. to dumb this down to my level, okay. which we'll is pretty, pretty lay, low. layman's terms. Okay, so now I understand uh, existentialism, and if this is more existential, which is something that separates us from the animals, we can... More metaphysical, you think? Well, we can look uh, outside of ourselves, right? We can see ourselves from like an outside perspective and look inside, become introspective. Sure. But what I don't understand is how that can then control your destiny or change your life or like like fill in the, the blanks for me because I'm, I'm not connecting the dots here. Okay, yeah, and there's many levels and this is not a understanding that you can gain, first of all, in a 20-minute podcast, right? <laughs> well, we're going to try, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to get to at least We're going to change level. lives, yeah. But the other important thing to remember is I could tell you how to ride a bike, Benjamin, and you'd go, yup, but it's not until you get on the bike. Okay, so just understand that your your level of understanding will get deeper as you actually practice. But to answer your question, right. if you think of it this way, so our thoughts are literally things, right? So you can have a thought and you can you can that can affect how you live your life. Like let's just say there's a friend who hasn't reached out to you even though you've been trying to contact them, and that thought might be that person no longer likes me. Mm -hmm. And then there's you fill an in your own blanks. What's that? Christine? You fill in your own blanks. Right. Exactly. I, I'm presuming this, you make presumptions. Exactly. You can. And it can be negative and it can be, well, then that emotion comes. Which is why you have to eliminate judgmentalism. That's right. Exactly. And That's instead right. of judgmentalism, be curious. So the opposite of judgment is curiosity. And when we can put that into our lives, it's like opens up a whole new way of being. So it really eliminates a lot of the emotional reaction because I think what I, my own personal experience and learning more about mindfulness, which is something you really brought into my life probably a good five, six years ago. And when I, when I was first introduced, I literally thought it was kind of stopping and smelling the roses, right? Like when it was first rolled out to me, it's almost like be present, be aware, slow down, be mm -hmm. conscious of where you are at this given time. Wow, that because sounds really tough in a digital world. It, it's tough in life because we're so, we're constantly like, oh, I got to pay this bill. I got to be here by noon. I've got a hair appointment tomorrow. We're never living right there. We're never breathing. So the mind is constantly in like fight or flight mode sometimes. Well, it just sounds, it sounds counterculture to where we are because people aren't living in the moment. They're taking vacations in order to take pictures in order to put it on media in order to make people jealous of where they are rather than just enjoying the but moment. But that's judgment, right, Trace? Well, you could say that. I'm just saying I that's where understand. I feel like we are right now in our society. Yeah, but that's your perception. To me, sometimes I see if I if my grandma's traveling the world and going to Ireland, do you know how excited I am that she's getting that opportunity to travel and or they someone takes a trip that I would never I would never go on a safari. It just doesn't interest me, but one of my best friends did. So I was able to experience that. I don't see it as she's trying to make me jealous. I kind of lived the experience with her because I have zero wants to No, no, I'm not talking about the older Africa. generation. I'm talking about the younger generation. If you go to a restaurant and just yes. look around, see how many people are enjoying their food versus those who are on their phones. Y yeah, I agree with you. Taking pictures of their food. But yeah, I think you both are making a point that's valid. Yes. And I actually believe I agree with you too, Benjamin. The 
whole mindfulness movement started to become popular exactly when the smartphone started to land in the hand of Uh our children. Mm -hmm. And there's a saying that within nature, uh, the cure is within three feet of the poison. And so I like to buy into that mode of thinking that look at this amazing situation we're in, where yes, there's this lure of technology, but we also have this amazing gift within us to, to use it and actually overcome the negative side of it, I, right? That's so funny. You said that I was talking to a dear friend this morning, um, and he had mentioned something to me, and we had talked about midlife crisis, and he said, I think um, the Japanese culture or the Chinese culture or whatever, that oriental culture does not recognize the word crisis. It's used as opportunity, not crisis, opportunity. It sounds like philosophically, you have to see the difference between being naive and being innocent. In other words, when you wake up every morning, you have to wake up with a clean slate, be curious, let the world happen and embrace it versus uh, just having all these preconceived notions of what you think should happen and what you want to happen. And That's beautiful. Well I think said. that's, I think that's yeah. a nail on the head. And yeah. for me, on a personal level, having gone through and going through a long, you know, being married for a long time, long separation and divorce, I went through some therapy. So I had to identify childhood trauma, which isn't pointing the fingers at what happened. It's just really identifying it because I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and I had to understand what was triggering anxiety. Like I could be in a very safe spot and trigger have anxiety and I'm in the grocery store or I'm in a safe space and it's almost like that you said that primitive reaction like back in the dinosaur days when we had to run from dinosaurs we don't have that anymore and once you kind of retrain your brain and rewire it and use those cognitive behavioral therapies it certainly was the stress of what I was going through Mm -hmm. that was running through my veins and triggering that those negative emotions when I was, like I said, in the middle of a grocery aisle. So that type of, I don't know what you call it, um, intentionality, I think that would take a lot of work, like meditation, um, some type of like therapeutic uh, program where, where you retrain your mind and your attitude. Like, wh- how do you actually accomplish this? There's so many things I use. So. <laughs> One of the thoughts that came up is I use these daily mantras to get by, and I've had some pretty stressful moments in my own life, and my favorite mantra is that our thoughts are not always true. And just remembering that when I'm having anxiety, when I'm feeling stress, when I have worry, levels me, it grounds me. So that's one, but also a daily practice. Mm -hmm. And it's super important. People sometimes feel like, wow, I can't fit one more thing in. And really one of my favorite quotes from John Kabat-Zinn is he'll say, meditate as if your life depended on it. Mm. And then he pauses and he's like, because it does. I stress agree. is the number one killer, right? So even if you say, well, I can't do 45 minutes a day, but hey, you know, I have one girlfriend so, who really was like, she wanted me to put her in my boot camp, right? And call her and make her meditate. And I said, Mary, I said, think of one time a day where you can stop and do three breaths. She decided that in her car, before she walks into the house to see her children, she would just stop, you know, and feel. Yes. Three breaths. That's it. And it is just really 
remarkable and very miraculous, don't you think, of our body's ability to reset. And it's a lot of breathing techniques, correct? It, you know, we start with the breath because that's accessible, right? Like mm-hmm. your breath is always with you, right? Can't leave it behind. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's super important. So it's I've been a life. Told. Scientists have said that's super Set important. Four-letter yeah. word. Yeah. But there's other things too. And and one of the really critical ones that I'm actually going to write a, an article on this this week is a body scan. And I can tell you three people who have had life-changing experiences, like it saved their lives, basically. Well, one, one person, it saved their life. And the other person just realized through a body scan that they had a heart condition. Wow. Now they were saying to me, well, I'm focusing on my heart and it feels this way. Maybe it's just grief. No. And I said, you know what? I'm not a doctor. So it could be, but go see your doctor. Well, they found out they have a right bundle block. Now now they're going to be fine, right? Sure. And then it's preventative. Right. And then another woman tuned into being diabetic. Like she didn't know what was wrong, but just by stopping and paying attention to her body in the moment, she realized, I am not well. I'm taking care of everyone else. I'm not well. And she went to see her doctor and they were like, run, don't walk to the pharmacy. That's why it's self-care is so important to take care of infinite one so you can take care of infinite two, which is everything around you. It's not, it's not, um, it's not being selfish. It's actually quite the antithesis of helping people out. So real quickly too, um, I'd like to get into how important mindfulness is for our children. I come from an Irish Catholic family. They drank a lot and they screamed a lot and they overreacted a lot. So that behavior, that environment, which was cyclical and generational, um, obviously overlapped into my life and how I raised my girls. And we were yellers, and especially in the teenage years, right? They yelled at each other. I yelled at them. And I really have been working hard to break this cycle because I think our kids, exactly what you said, are exposed to things us three never even knew existed in the world when we were their ages. So with that being said, they also now are subjected to behavioral problems, um, anger issues, cognitives. We have this, um, and data stands by it, sort of science, this um, crazy uptick in numbers with people that are on the Asperger's spectrum. So there's that, those behaviorals and that change of education and how we handle mental health. There's massive mental health issues. There's massive depression, anxiety. These poor kids. Now talk to me. <laughs> oh, boy. I set the stage, didn't I? Oh. So incorporating this whole idea to our kids. Yes. Yeah. So it's this is a really like, oh, very... Uh, Did I hit home? Yeah, 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 for sure. There's so many places I could go with it. So I'm going to start with, if you recall, the, the shooting in Parkland, Florida at the school mm-hmm. a few years ago, it was a couple years ago maybe. And this is going to sound dramatic. But I was working at a school in Flint and... I recall thinking to myself, these kindergarteners are the next shooters. And that sounds dramatic. No. But I'm talking about children who were throwing chairs, children who were just totally defeated. And I wish everyone could see what happens, the transformation that happens by teaching these kids mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And one of the most profound moments I had was Simply, this this young boy, this kindergartner, was sitting next to the parapro, and he was always completely slumped. 
and like almost asleep. And we started talking about feelings one day and he said that he hates his family. Mm -hmm. And when I said that was okay, because mindfulness is somewhat accepting what is. Is happening. It's not saying, oh, honey, you don't hate your family. You don't mean that. Right. Go ahead. Right. And this so, is a kindergarten kid. Kindergarten. Kindergarten. So, you listened yes. and you allowed him to flow <clears throat> right. and release. Keep right. going. I hear you. And to identify, again, this comes back to the body scan, where in the body he felt that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was almost, it was almost like seeing this transformation in him right then and there. And then at the end of each class, I send loving thoughts to the kids, depending on the age, I'll call it love or a good day or whatever. But I, fill my heart up with love and I look at them and it's hard to do with the mic, but I blow the love to them. And so for the first time ever, he started to do that back. He went like that to me and then he paused and I said, it's okay. And then he finished and mm-hmm. the pair pro was crying. She said, and afterwards she told me, you have no idea how amazing that is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's I yeah. I get very emotional too because I know your work is groundbreaking and I know it's changing lives on the daily and changing their behaviors because we come from like I said if you look and you go back generations and you raise kids and if you're of the mindset children are to be seen and not heard you know back in the day and they didn't have a voice you know we're your parents and this is you're just going to do this. And it still ran over into Gen X. I'm a Gen X, and it still was like, I'm the mom. And I'm not saying that's not the way it is. But what I've also shifted to is allowing these kids have a voice, these girls to have a voice, regardless if I deem it to be right, wrong, or indifferent, let them talk. Because I will be honest, I never had a voice with my, with, with my dad I did, but not my mom. She dismissed everything I said and everything I thought because it was a control thing. It was more of a control thing. What you said earlier about taking time to just like take three deep breaths, just meditate. Think of the most uh, dramatic and time of turmoil in your family. It's usually during a meal, right? That's when everyone kind of goes back and forth. That's when you get a lot of issues going on. Think of this historically, all right? If you go back 2,000 years, even further, and you think about uh, religion, especially the religion that I grew up in, what is the thing that they do right before a meal? A lot of times there's a prayer before a meal. Mm-hmm. And what that's actually doing, it's making everyone just stop before yes. any drama starts. They're yes. taking time. They're meditating. They're slowing down. They're silence. And then when people eat, there's kind of a reset button that happens. Now, we've gotten way away from that. We I don't have. know of too many people that do that. But even just taking religion off the table, just taking time just to stop and breathe. Yes, and then begin a meal. Like that's been going on for generations and generations. And we're kind of getting away from that. But I can see that historically the concepts of principles actually happening, you know, through through these families. And, and maybe there's something to that. You know, and I think you're right. And I'll let Trace, I, I think no one sits at the table rarely anymore. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful time. And you come from a big family, Benjamin, right? Yes, I you do. come from hum, four kids. Yes, four kids. It was Jenny, Benny, Kenny, and Rennie. <laughs> And, it's uh, so cute. It's it was self. the 70s, you know. But that's what I'm trying to say is like during the 70s too, you guys, you you had, you siblings probably fought. That was very normal. Well, see, I'm an only child. So the only like, and I, we, I had a great life. Listen, I want to set this up. But the only like fights I had really in my memory was with my mom. 
she was a very dominant, strong, controlling mom. So that's like where I had anger, where you probably fought with siblings or you fought over clothes or, and mom and dad probably had to be more diplomatic and breaking you guys up where she and I fought, you know, and it's identifying with those girls. They were fighting all the time and I struggled with it because I'm an only child, right? Yeah, that I makes didn't fight. Sense. That makes sense. So it causes angst. So I think I had to change. And you you can't change anyone, right? You can't change anyone but yourself. But I'm also trying to change these kids, my kids, on how to not rea- overreact to but everything. Sharice, I've got a question for you. Where um, in this philosophy and the whole lifestyle does forgiveness come in? Yes. Because to me, it sounds like if you're going to hit the reset button, if you're going to be able to have a clear mind, open, creative, cognitive, how, how do you release some of the things that you have that prevents that? Well, Great question. Yeah. Thanks for that, Benjamin. There's a couple things. So one of them is, again, comes back to that statement that our thoughts are not always true. And recently I learned too that even our memories are not always true. Amen. I've right. I've seen that so many times <laughs> with my own kids telling me things that I know did not happen right? in their little lives. And well, here's the other thing. If you look at the hand model of the brain, which if we end up having time now or another time, I can demonstrate. Mm-hmm. But then there's this realization that when your amygdala is firing, which I call your inner two-year-old, mm-hmm. when your inner two-year-old is having a fit, mm-hmm. right, which is what is true in most arguments, yes. then information cannot go into the library, the hippocampus, nor can it come out. So in a week, you're arguing about the same thing, because guess what? You were too stressed to even comprehend and register what was being said. Because you were waiting to respond. That's brilliant. Right? And the amygdala is also the str- what triggers the stress hormones, correct? Right, right. The, the cortisol and the fight or flight and all triggers that anger and that So th- here's the that key. Anxiety. When there's stress, don't try to redirect a child. Let them have those emotions, right? Don't try to go okay, well, why do you think you did that? And, you know, all that stuff. Just let it happen. Flow. Let it flow. Yeah, or even in, a, in an adult relationship. I mean, if two people are stressed out, there needs to be a time out. There needs to be a space. Sure. Right? So that's what we're doing here. We're integrating spaces. Okay. That's and, so smart because it's, it's so key, too, because, you know, it's funny when you're watching um, social media and you're like, uh-uh, they're not going to do that to me. I'm going to recognize it. It really isn't the way to live. You really, I mean, I'm asking you, to me, what I took from it and mindfulness that I've incorporated into my own life is to flow, not be so fired up about someone else's behavior or if they're on time. I mean, I want timeliness, of course, but I don't overreact to a lot of things anymore. And it's so beautiful. It's so empowering. And it's so, like, my kids are so stressed right now, right? And my 18-year-old, the hormones are raging. She's a senior in high school, and there's a lot coming at her. And she's like, well, just because you don't, nothing stresses you. And then I say, that's not true. I get concerned about things, but you've got to really redirect getting so wound up. It's perspective, you Mm -hmm. know? It's taking a look at what's happening in life and choosing, that's the empowering piece, to see it different and that's liberating. It's empowering and it's liberating, right? And so it's you know, practice. Mm-hmm. It I, feel like practice. I, I feel like I still didn't get my question answered though. Which one? Oh, forgiveness. forgiveness. So when it comes to forgiveness, yeah, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got these two things inside me that are always warring and that is justice, 
And if you like the movie The Punisher or Denzel Washington, The Equalizer, yes. you really resonate with that. You're like, yes, the bad guys die. But then at the same time, you've transgressed against other people and you sure hope that you don't get, you know, uh, that side of justice. So what kind of perspective do you have when it comes to forgiveness and being able to clean that slate and just be able to live free without that burden? Thanks for coming back to that, Benjamin. Because yeah, we did sort of we answered it quickly. I'm still curious there's, about a, there's a little what kind of perspective you have for that. There's a lot that can be added, and so really, it comes to again the daily practice that we keep talking about. And again, mindfulness is moment by moment awareness without judgment. And so, not only is curiosity the opposite of judgment, but compassion. And so, as you like, let's just say you're meditating, and I'm putting my hands on my heart because it's just one of the practices to feel where the breath is, right? And you notice, you notice something come up. Perhaps it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not actually um, focused on my breath. I'm thinking about these people that I'm not forgiving or, or whatever, right? And then you start judging yourself for judging yourself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right? So you're noticing that you're not focused on your breath. And then you're like, oh, I'm not, you know, people, adults will often say, I have ADHD or I'm this or I'm that. And I just can't focus. It and, excuses right? the behavior. And so, right. yeah, so you're noticing that you're judging yourself for your ju- judging yourself and then let going of that, of that. And sending, redirecting compassion towards yourself, often not forgiving others is related to something within you. Not it's, them. Right? I got you. And also, I'm following you. too, like, do you think it's also a sense of gratitude? Like you said, it's compassion. I say empathy as well. I say gratitude helps because what I found when I felt angry or resentful, it was often me drinking poison, expecting them to suffer when the reality and actuality was I was suffering. And I've off, I've forgiven a lot of people that I will never get an apology from. And it's only to, it's only for my own betterment so that I don't harbor ill will or which I don't anyways, but I don't have ill feelings or resentment towards people that I felt I couldn't forgive because they'll never be sorry for what I felt they did to me. I've let it go. And I've accepted apologies. They're never going to give me. Don't allow people to live rent free in your head. That's exactly right. That's cool. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Therese Berlinski, owner of Presence to Pupils. How can people get a hold of you? People can get a hold of me uh, several different ways. My website is uh, treesberlinski.com. And I'm also on Facebook under Presence to Pupils. My email is presence2 with the number 2, pupils at gmail.com. I highly recommend that you guys call Treese. I know you're working a lot with the school system, so she may already be working with your babies, which is a beautiful thing, but get a hold of her. And I know you do some other ancillary um, workshops as well around, so keep an eye out for you. Where are you at? Are you doing any workshops currently right now? Yeah, many different things. So I, I work with all the way from individuals to businesses, and I work out of Vibe Well in Fenton. I'm working out of Pushna Wellness Studio in Lake Orion. I have things happening at my house. You are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is there a schedule on the uh, website? 
There will be. I'm working on that this week. Perfect. And yeah, a couple of retreats next year too. So Bhutan and Costa Rica. Wow. You yeah. are a busy girl. Yeah. You are incredible. Yeah. Incredible. One more time with the website, please. Uh, TreeseBerlinski.com. Excellent. We love you. Thank, Thank you. you. Will you, you come too. back on? I will absolutely come this back on. This topic is so important and it's so, um, it truly is life-saving. And just real quickly, I wanted to say, and a big thank you to my handsome co-host, Benjamin Sage. You are too much. You did amazing. Is um, going back is the kids buying bulletproof. That's what I want to talk about next. Bulletproof backpacks. I mean, the society, the reality that we live in. We must continue to provide this platform and keep this conversation going. So thank you so much to both of you. You're welcome. You bet. Thank you. And I'm your host, Kristen Willisinovich. And a big thank you to our viewers and listeners. This has been Kaiba Health and Life.